0: Hey guys, thanks for joining us today. One of the things that energizes our teams the most is being able to hear stories of lives that are impacted by this ministry. We would love for you to share your story with us by emailing it to stories at newcommunity.co or maybe your next step to getting connected to what God is doing in this ministry is partnering with us financially. You can do that online at www.newcommunity.co or through the PushPay app and find the giving option that works best for you. Thanks so much for tuning in and enjoy today's message. Well, good morning, church. How's everyone doing this morning? Good. Some of you guys are still a little bit quiet. You stayed up too late last night, okay? Um, But I hope you had a good time celebrating Christmas. Um, We weren't together last week. Hopefully, you enjoyed the online service and worshiped with us and joined with family members and friends and celebrated the birth of Christ together with us. And hopefully even last night you had a good time celebrating and bringing in the new year. And um, if you're our guest, maybe you're starting off 2017 right and you're here in service this morning for the first time, um, we just want to welcome you. And I want to start by introducing myself. My name is Aaron and I am the lead pastor here at New Community Church. And we're glad that you're worshiping with us. I'm excited about this new year. And everything that God is going to do in our church and in our lives as we commit to him this next year. And we've been talking about this made for more. And I've been praying for that, that 2017, that God would continue to show us as a church what it looks like to live in more what it looks like for the more that God has for our life. And we've declared some things and we're believing that even as we step into this next year, that in 2017, that scripture is going to shape our life, that we're gonna open up the word of God and allow God's word to shape and direct our life. We believe that my growth is my responsibility. In 2017, God is going to help you grow. You're going to move forward in your relationship with God. That this year, that God wants to change our world, and it starts right here. And we've said together as a church that we can't stay here. We can't stay where we've been, but we've got to continue to grow, give, serve, and support the vision that God has given our church. And so we're believing that that this year that God is going to show us what more looks like in our life. And as we've been in this Made for More campaign um, ever since September, and we're continuing it into this next year, we're in this series called Step Out. And God's been challenging us to step out, step out of our comfort zones. And as we've been looking at Scripture, as we've been opening up the Word of God, we've walked through the life and the story of a few people in some of the historical books of the Bible. That's the book of Joshua all the way through the book of Esther. and We've looked at people who God is challenging them to step out of their insecurities, to step out of their fears. Today, we're going to look at the life of someone who God's challenging them, even to step out of their past, things that they've seen in their past and experiences, what they've been handed, and to step into something new that God has for them. And as we look at their life, we're also looking at our life and saying, God, what is it that you're challenging us with? How do we take your scripture, God, and how do we live it out this week? What does it look like for us as we step into this new season that you have for us? And so we're going to once again look at this idea of step out and allow God to speak to us and challenge us to step into something new this morning um, from God's word. As I was looking at this story, um, we're going to be in the book of 2 Kings here in a moment, and I was looking at the life of a young man named Josiah. I thought about a moment in our life. And um, many of you know that a number of years ago, we were foster parents here in the state of Texas, and I remember it was the first week of June, we got a phone call, and we just had one foster kid with us at that point, but we were licensed for a group home, so we could take in um, a a large amount of kids, sibling groups, and everything. And um, they said, hey, there's these three siblings, Gabriel, Sophie, and Aiden, and They need a home. They need to be placed somewhere. And so we drove over to Arlington. We spent a few hours in a church gymnasium, hanging out with them, eating ice cream. And then um, just a few weeks later, on Father's Day, actually, they were brought into our home for the first time. And after six months of having them in our home, it's the time that we had to wait in the state of Texas. Um, We drove to the courthouse over. Um, it was kind of in the Fort Worth area, and we were driving over there. We stood in front of the judge. You guys can see a picture up there. That's our new family after they had walked through that process. But whenever we're finalizing adoption, you know, they were kind of already ours in our heart, but we had to, le- you know, do the legal process. We stood there in front of the judge. I don't know what Josiah is doing. He's praying or something, <laughs> looking up. He knows it's, it, we're about to enlarge our family. So, But we're standing there, you're standing there in front of the judge. I don't know if you've ever been a part of an adoption proceeding or anything like that, but he asks you a series of questions. And part of those, they go through a series of questions where he's looking at us as these parents that want to adopt these new children, and he's saying, hey, do you realize what you're getting into? Do you realize that not only on a temporary basis, but for the rest of their lives, even after they move out, that you're accepting that parental responsibility? And I'm sitting there, I'm listening to the words that the judge is challenging us with and we're responding with, hey, we realize this, we accept this challenge, we, we bring them into what we call our forever home, that they're forever with us, these beautiful young children. And in that moment, I realized, God, it's a responsibility. You're challenging us to shape the future, to take whatever these kids have experienced in their past, Lord, and to somehow shape their future in a way that, God, your hand is going to be upon their life. And Lord, they're going to be able to pass something on to their kids because they've been in our home. And that's what we see in the story of Josiah, this pivotal moment in his life where he can continue with what his grandfather and his father have, have done, or he can step out into something new. And we each have those moments in our lives. Sometimes they're big moments. Sometimes they're small decisions where you and I have a challenge from God to step out into something new and to create and to leave a legacy for those that are coming after us, to leave something for those that God has given us influence in our life with. And if you have your Bibles this morning, I want you to turn to 2 Kings chapter 22. We're going to start reading at verse 1. 2 Kings 22, one. If you don't have a Bible, there's a Bible in the seat in front of you. maybe one or two seats over. And I want to encourage you, you can take that out and turn to page 187 in that Bible and follow along with us as we read god's word second kings chapter 22 verse 1 once you have that hold on to that for just one moment in the book of first and second kings it's just what it sounds like we're walking through the story of kings in the nation of israel and judah where the people of god were some of these kings were amazing leaders some of them helped the people follow after god they established the word of god in the lives of the people and others were not great kings and queens like what we talked about before um, the Christmas service, we talked about a king, a wicked king and queen named Ahab and Jezebel who built false idols, who built false gods and um, murdered people. They challenged the people to turn away from the one true God and to worship these other gods. And so we're reading story after story in the book of First and Second Kings of what these men and women did as they led the people of God. And as we look at their life, we're looking at how God is challenging us to step out, sometimes through good examples, sometimes through bad examples. And this is what it says as we pick up the story in Second Kings chapter 22, verse 1. There was a king named Josiah, and Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign. And he reigned 31 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jedidiah, the daughter of Adiah, of Bozkath. And he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and walked in the way of David, his father. And he did not turn aside to the right or to the left. And so what's taking place here is we're introduced to this new king named King Josiah, and we're told that he's following after God. Josiah, as he established his reign, um, there were different parts of Jerusalem um, that needed to be restored, and so Josiah set out to reestablish the temple of God, the place where people could come and worship God. And as he's excavating the temple, as he's rebuilding the house of God where people were to come and worship, they found the book of the law. And if you skip down to verse 11, this is what it says, Second Kings chapter 22, verse 11, when the king heard the words of the book of the law, this is what was found in the temple of God, he tore his robes. And he gave these orders to Hilkiah the priest, Ahakim the son of Shaphan, Akbor the son of Micaiah, Shaphan the secretary, and Isaiah the king's attendant, go out and inquire of the Lord for me and for the people in all of Judah about what is written in this book that has been found. Great is the Lord's anger that burns against us because those who have gone before us have not obeyed the words of this book. Those that have gone before us have not obeyed the words of this book. They have not acted in accordance with all that is written there concerning us. So we jump into the story of this young king. He's only eight years old. Do I have any eight-year-olds in the room? Okay, anyone? Yep, a few of you guys. I can see your hands there. Okay. Imagine at your age, at these young kids' age, they're ruling a kingdom. They're leading an entire nation, okay? Um, of the direction that they should go, of government, policies, and all of these things, this young king is put into place. And as you start to read, as you've been reading through First and Second Kings, you realize this quickly. We're told the story of Josiah's grandfather and his father, Manasseh, who was his grandfather, and Amon, who was his father, And these two kings were not kings who followed after the Lord. These two kings were wicked kings. These were kings who did whatever they wanted to do and who led the people astray. This was the kind of wickedness that they introduced into the people. They went to the hillsides, they went up on top of the mountains, and they set up statues and idols to the false gods. They challenged the people to worship this God named Chemosh, and they challenged people, this God will bless you, this God's hand will be upon you if you will sacrifice your children to the God Chemosh. This is the kind of wickedness that these two kings were leading the people into, that they challenged parents, hey, if you'll simply take your kid and you'll sacrifice him on this altar, then God will bless you, the God Chemosh will bless you. And they turned the people's hearts away from God, And then Josiah comes. Josiah steps into the picture. And this eight year old boy has to make the decision what is he gonna do? Is he gonna follow after the example that he's seen in his father? Is he gonna follow after what he knows his grandfather did, still allowing the people to worship false gods? Or is he gonna step out into a new legacy? Is he going to step out into something new, a legacy, something that he can give, something that he can hand down to other people? And Josiah is at this pivotal moment in his life when he starts his reign. What is he going to do? And he, he decides to step into something new. We have that same challenge as we enter into a new year, to step into something new, to step into a new legacy that God is challenging us with. And this morning, as we look at Josiah's life, we see that he chose a spiritual legacy, a spiritual legacy in his life to leave to those that were coming after him. Now, I don't want you to mistake this. Sometimes we read stories in the Bible and we think, well, that was probably pretty easy. He was the king. He's an eight-year-old young man who's having to change the culture, change the spiritual atmosphere of the nation, He's having to go against what his father and what his grandfather did. Even at a young age, up until 16, where he discovers the book of the law, he's having to make decisions that are going against what his father and what his grandfather has established. But he has this challenge in his heart. He has this call from God to step into something new. We have that same challenge, young people, adults in this room. You have that challenge that God has a calling, a purpose, and a plan for your life. And the question is, are you going to step out into it? For some of you, you may be like Josiah. Like this Christmas season may have been stressful for you. You may come from a dysfunctional family. And as you look back at your past, you're saying, it's a lot like that. We've got some messed up people in my house. And maybe that's what you were handed Maybe that's what you were given, and the question is, like Josiah, when you face those pivotal moments in your life, are you going to step out into your legacy? Not just what you've been given, not just the family that you've come from, not just your past and what's behind you. Are you going to step out into your legacy? Are you going to start a new spiritual legacy in your household? For others of you, man, you may have come from a great house. You may have had amazing parents who loved you, who raised you in church, who taught you the word of God. You can't just take what they've given you and just settle with that. You have to add on to it. And that's what we see Josiah doing. You see it right here in this passage. He tears his clothes and he begins to cry out, hey, we've got to inquire of God. We've got to find out, not just for us, but for future generations, what it means to follow after the Lord, what it is that God wants us to do. And as he looks at this future that God's given him, as he looks at this kingship that he has, this responsibility where he is taking this, he has this challenge, what am I going to leave for future generations? What is it that I'm going to build? This is an eight-year-old boy, a 16-year-old young man as he's rebuilding the temple, looking and saying, God, what is it that I'm going to do with my life? that's going to impact other people around me. See, it's so many times it's so easy to just be a victim of our past, just to continue in what we've known, to continue in what we've seen. But the challenge that we have is for us to step out into something new, for you to step out into your legacy, what it is that God is calling you to do, to step out into something new that God is challenging you with. And we see this in the life of Josiah. As we were celebrating um, Christmas, we had my parents down. Who, they're pastors right outside of Chicago, and they were down visiting with us. And we were in this moment in our house, and I was thinking about what this has looked like in the Escamilla household. My dad was not raised in the same kind of house that I was raised in. My grandfather was an alcoholic, and it wasn't until the very end of his life that he came to know Jesus. And so my dad has told his stories growing up of, having to drive his dad home drunk from the bar, even at a young age, 10 and 11 years old, driving a vehicle because his dad was too drunk to drive it, his dad being physically and verbally abusive. And then I look at what my dad has done in raising my brother and me. And there's moments like this at Christmas when I think of how our legacy, because of a decision that my father made to lead our family differently looks so different, how it's changing future generations and the power of this moment here at Christmas time, as we gathered around, and my nieces and my nephew and our kids are praying out for their grandparents, for Nana and Poppy, is what they call them, for my mom and my dad, my parents taking a moment at Christmas time and stopping and praying for each of our kids, praying God's blessing, praying God's future, praying that this next year would be different as God grows us and challenges us as a family. It comes whenever someone chooses to step out into a new legacy to leave something spiritual for a future generation. It looks different. My dad could have just said, hey, you know what? I came from a dysfunctional family. My dad was an alcoholic. I don't know how to be a good father. But he chose to step out into something new. He chose to step out into something different and allow God to lead our family in a different way. And this is the benefit of this. To hear my son Micah and to hear my niece Abby as we took communion together, and they're leading us in prayer. See, there's an impact that can be made when someone chooses to stand up and says, you know what, I'm going to step into something new. God, you have a different calling. I'm not just going to take what's been handed to me. I'm not going to just take the dysfunction of my family in the past, God. But I am going to create something new for future generations. Church, you and I, we're challenged to step into a new legacy, and we need to make it a spiritual one. Like Josiah, we need to allow God's word to shape our life, to shape those around us that we would cry out, God, help us to understand what it is that you're speaking to us, what it is that you want from our lives, God, as we open up your word and let it shape us. That's what Josiah does. He challenges those around him, go and inquire of God what he wants us to do, how we've missed it and what it needs to look like for us as a nation parents, grandparents, children, teenagers, as you step into this new year, how are you influencing people around you? What is it that you're going to do this year that's going to look different from this past year, from things in your past that you're stepping into to say, God, I want to spiritually impact those around me? Age isn't a factor, church. It doesn't matter how young you are in this room. This is an eight-year-old boy who who chose to step up and take that challenge and made an impact in the nation that he was leading. It can't be because of your age that you're sitting back. It can't be because of your abilities or your past or the family or the background that you come from. Look at what Josiah was dealing with. Father, a grandfather that worshiped false gods and led the people astray. And Josiah says, no, I'm gonna step into something new. Church, what are you gonna do this year? How are you gonna open up scripture and allow God's word to shape your life, to shape future generations, to shape friends that you have around you? You are called to step into your legacy. What God is challenging you with, your plans, his plans and his purpose for your life, and we have that challenge. The second thing that I see is not only a spiritual legacy that Josiah leaves for the nation around him, but he does it in a way that, is memorable. As you continue to read, you see Josiah starts to tear down the false idols and and these false places of worship, but he doesn't just stop there. He reinstitutes things that were key in the people of God remembering what God has done. In 2 Kings chapter 23, if you still have your Bibles open, in verse 21 it says this. 2 Kings 23 um, verse 21, this is what it says. The king, this is talking about Josiah, gave order to all of, gave orders to all of the people celebrate the passover to the lord your god and as it, as it is written in the book of the covenant neither in the days of the judges who led israel nor in the days of the kings of israel or the kings of judah had any such passover been observed but in the 18th year of king Josiah this passover was celebrated to the lord in jerusalem what is this king Josiah as he's leaving this spiritual legacy finds a way to make it memorable. He finds a way. The Passover was this moment in the life of the people of God where God had challenged his people, hey, you need to celebrate. You need to find a way to remember what it was like when I took you out of 400 years of slavery and I brought you out of bondage and I delivered you into the promised land. I gave you this new life. And so he challenges his people, hey, every single year, do something. Eat together. Take this lamb, eat this meal with your neighbors, with your family, get together and remember what it is that I've done for you. It was considered the Passover. And for generation after generation, they had forgotten to do that. They had forgotten what it was that God did in their life. They had forgotten to stop and to pause, to celebrate and rejoice on what God had done and to look ahead at what God was wanting to do in their life. But Josiah steps in. And as he's leaving a legacy, he finds a way to have the people remember again. He finds a way to create a moment, something memorable that the people will look at. God's word is full of this. As we've been reading through scripture together, you've seen it in God's word. As they come through the Jordan River, God challenges the people to take these stones and to place them on the side of the riverbank. If you've read this, you may remember this passage. And he said it's for this reason, for future generations, every time you walk past that, And your kids say, Mom and Dad, why are there those pile of stones over there? You're to remind them of how God delivered you out of wandering in the wilderness and brought you into his land of promise. He said, you need a visual. You need something to see. You need a way to remember all of these festivals, all of these feasts that you read about in the book of Leviticus and in the books of law, everything that you saw time and time again where God would say, hey, you got to get together. You've got to eat a delicious meal. You've got to come together. You've got to tell stories. You've got to remember my deliverance. You've got to remember my provision. You've got to remember what I've done in your life. See, leaving a legacy, it's creating those memories. It's making those moments for future generations. Churches, God is challenging you to make a spiritual impact on those around you. You need to find ways to make it memorable, to make a lasting impact Where people, where your kids, where your grandkids, where those around you, friends around you can look at that and say, hey, what is that? And you can say, oh, yeah, that's where God did this in my life. That's where God showed up in this way. I want to do this. Um, We just celebrated Christmas together, and we have um, a lot of kids here with us. And kids, how many of you guys, you were good this year, you got some Christmas presents? You raise your hand, okay. Okay, on the count of three, I want you to yell out what you got this year, okay, as a Christmas present, okay? One, two, three, yell it out. Okay, that sounds like some fun presents. I'm coming over to your house, and we can play with us, okay? Um, so you probably remember what you got this year for Christmas. You've been playing with it, right? Adults in the room, how many of you guys can um, tell me what you got nine years ago for Christmas? So on the count of three, yell it out. One, two, three. Okay, I heard one back here. Someone remembered it, okay? Um, 16 years ago. One, two, three. Life, okay? Someone got life? There we go. Okay, other than the two people who remember what they got um, nine years ago, 16 years ago, probably a lot of us don't remember what we got. But I can tell you what I've gotten for the past 17 years because my parents said, hey, we don't want Christmas to just be about opening Christmas gifts. And then after a little bit, we forget. So every year we give each other an orange and a penny. As a kid, it may not sound very exciting, but we remember that God is our provision. That contentment doesn't come with what's under the tree. Contentment actually comes through godliness. And it's not only a penny and an orange that we give each other, but I could pull out letter after letter that we've written to each other. prayers on these pieces of paper for the past 17 years that we're praying over each other's life. This year, as we sat down, we wrote 15 notes, one for every single person in our family, my parents and my brother's family. And we said, hey, here's the one thing that I value about you as a person. See, my parents found this simple way at Christmas time to make sure that we didn't forget what was vitally important to us as a family. They found this simple way in leaving this spiritual legacy to create a memory that even as our family is in different parts of the world for most of the year, as we come together, we remember what it is that God has done in our life. There's little things in here that we've seen like year after year. I have have a key right here. This was the year that God gave us a brand new Suburban. And that year, everyone in our family took something and they placed it in the box and it's a memory from that year that God showed up in a great way. Everyone's symbol is different, but it's memorable. See, it's finding a way as you're leaving a legacy to say, hey, we can look back and we can remember what God has done. We can look back and we can see God's faithfulness in the past, and as we see that, it reminds us that God will continue to be faithful in the future. I don't know what traditions you can start but I wanna challenge you in your family, with your friends, with the people that God has placed around you, you're called to step out into a legacy. You're called to take what God is doing in your life and influence others around you with it. It needs to be a spiritual legacy. And I wanna challenge you to make it memorable. There may be some of you in this room and you're saying, well, Aaron, maybe I could have done that a number of years ago. All of Our Christmas traditions didn't start until we were in college. What can you do with your kids, with your grandkids? What can you do with the group of friends God has placed around your life that you can start doing things, small traditions, but that make a lasting impact, that cause you to remember God's faithfulness? That like Josiah, you say, hey, we need to get together We need to tell stories again of how God delivered our people out of slavery. We need to get together, maybe over a meal, and we need to celebrate what God's done this year and look at what God wants to do this upcoming year. We do that every single year as a family. We go to Red Robin. We eat some good burgers and fries. We talk about what God has done this past year. This is our picture from yesterday. In 2016, we challenge each other, what are goals? What are resolutions we're making this next year? It's just a simple thing. It's just a meal, but it's a reminder every year, God, you're giving us a brand new year. You're giving us a brand new start, God. There's no mistakes on 2017 yet. God, there's nothing, Lord, that we've written on the pages of this year yet, God, but we want you to be at the center of it. Lord, we want to leave a legacy this year, God, that is going to change our world. And that was the first text I got from my dad this morning. Let's make this year another legacy building year for the Escamilla family. Church, I want to challenge you with that. Just this simple message. You're called to leave a legacy, you're called to make a spiritual impact to those around you. You have a brand new year to do that. It doesn't matter your history, it doesn't matter your past, it doesn't matter what kind of family you come from. God has given you a brand new year. What are you going to write on it? What are you gonna do this year that will impact the people around you in future generations? What traditions, what things can you start this year with your family and with your friends that will cause you to remember the goodness of God, that will cause you to tell stories and celebrate what God has done in your life and to remember that God will be faithful in your future? I wanna pray for us this year. I'm gonna ask you to bow your head and close your eyes. I just wanna ask if there's anyone and you're starting off this year and you're thinking about what God wants to do, maybe you're thinking about a legacy and maybe your life looks broken like Josiah's past. Maybe your past is cluttered with mess and mistakes and this morning you're like Josiah, you're making that decision, I want a brand new start. If that's you in a moment, I'm gonna give you a chance to respond. I'm gonna ask you to stand up right where you're at and to come forward to this front right here in the front of the stage, I wanna pray for you. The word of God is very clear that we've all been broken. All of us have messed up. God's word says there's no one righteous, not one person. We've all sinned and made mistakes and we can't fix ourselves on our own. We can't do enough good to try to earn God's favor on our own. So God sent his son. He gave Jesus who came who lived on this earth, died on the cross, gave his life so that you and I could be restored back into a right relationship with God. I just want to ask if there's anyone in this room and you're starting off this brand new year and you want to start it off right with a relationship with God. You've left that relationship or maybe you've never had it, but this morning you're saying, man, I want God in my life as I begin this new year. If that's you, would you just stand up right where you're at and come forward? I want to pray for you. Thank you. I'm so excited for you. I'm believing that that this year God's going to do more in your life. Church, I want to ask you to pray this prayer with me. Whether you're saying it for the first time, whether you've prayed it before, repeat this after me. Jesus, I come to you. I need you in my life. I want a brand new start. Lord, come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. Be the Savior of my life. I give you this year, Lord. Work through me, I pray. Amen. Church, can we put our hands together and celebrate this morning? And I just wanna pray for all of us. We're gonna just take a quick moment and as we close, I wanna pray for all of us that this year, God would help us to step into that legacy that he's calling us into, that God would help you to spiritually influence people around you, that God would give you creative ideas of how you can remember and tell the stories of what he's done in your life. Let's pray together, church. Let's pray that God would help us this year to step out into that legacy. Lord, we come before you, God, and I say thank you. This is just a simple reminder from the story of Josiah, God. How in that moment, Lord, he chose to step into something new, Lord. God, not to follow in the footsteps of his grandfather or his father, Lord, but God, to step into your word, God, and into a spiritual legacy for future generations. And I pray help us to do that, God, for parents, for grandparents, God, for people, Lord, in this room, young people, God, their friends, Lord, help us to spiritually influence those around us, God. We want to make an impact, God, this year to those that are around us, Lord. God, help us, give us creative ways, Lord, new traditions, God, new memory-making moments, God, to retell your stories, God. Let this year be an impacting year, we pray in your name. Amen.